Hello, I'm Charles Coves, Australasia's passion provocateur. Welcome to this week's episode of the Charles Coves Show. Whether you're watching on YouTube or on Rumble or listening via podcast from one of the many potential platforms. So let's go with today's big idea. What are the keys to changing your behavior? Most of us want to change something. Most of us wish they could change something. Most of us wish to change many things. We're acutely conscious of our failings. We want to lose weight. We want to get fitter. We want to be more disciplined. We want to be healthier. We want to earn more money. We want to be more loving. We want to be more patient. We want to be more disciplined at Christmas time so we don't eat and drink too much. But, in my experience, most of us fail in these desires to change our behaviours. Why is that? It's because we don't know or we don't use the two key strategies that will help you successfully change your behaviour. Now, to know and not use is to not know. You might say, I know that. Well, if you're not using it, then you don't know it. To know and not use is to not know. So the two crucial key strategies are stimuli and support. We need stimuli to make the decision to change whatever it is that we want to change. And the stimuli is either the pleasure that we are going to get from implementing the change or the pain we are going to avoid by implementing the change. So either we're aiming for more pleasure or the avoidance of pain in terms of, let's say, losing weight. A very simple example. We get pleasure when we lose weight because we are happier with how we look. We can fit into our clothes better. We are more comfortable in our clothes. If we lose weight, the pain we avoid is having to buy new clothes that we can fit into. The pain we avoid is the embarrassment of people saying to you, gosh, you've put on some weight. So the stimuli are pleasure, the gaining of pleasure and the avoidance of pain. And the interesting thing is that for most people, a much more motivating factor is to avoid pain today than to gain pleasure tomorrow. That's why the pleasure of eating today is more powerful than avoiding the pain of increased weight tomorrow. We need to deeply understand our pleasure-pain equations. So that's the stimuli process. And when someone says to me, I want to lose weight, I say to them, why? I want to get fitter. Why? I want more money. Why? I want to be more loving. Why? The more whys that you have around any change of behavior, the more 
empowering it becomes. The second strategy is support. So you can want the change, but the data suggests that only 10% of people are able to change with through stimuli. Most of us need support. We need support to help us pursue the stimuli, the pleasure or the avoidance of the pain. So to successfully change, you need stimuli plus support. Now in support, there are two types of support. There's internal support mechanisms and external support mechanisms. The internal support mechanisms are those that you do yourself. External support mechanisms are those that involve other people, external forces that come upon you to support you in the change process. So let's take again the losing weight example. Now, I often say, don't call it losing weight, call it burning fat, because losing is a negative connotation. So you're thinking about weight. So think about burning fat. So there's, there's the, there's the change of behavior. I want to lose weight. Good. What are the internal mechanisms? Well, I'm going to share five internal support mechanisms, five external support mechanisms. I've got about 13 of each. I haven't got time to go through this. I can happily share some more with you if you want them. But these give you the examples to say, okay, how can you use these yourself? And if you want more suggestions, send me an email to charles at covest.com. So five internal support mechanisms. Number one, read your goals. By that, I mean read your desired weight. Have it written down, put it onto your mirror in the bathroom, put it on your phone. My ideal weight is this. My target weight is this. So you look at that morning, noon, and night. Secondly, when you are making progress, you celebrate along the way. Each step of progression, you celebrate. You give your subconscious mind reinforcement. Hey, this is a good thing to be doing. Thirdly, you visualize yourself at your ideal weight, the target weight that you are aiming for, the change that you achieve. You visualize that. When you have a meditative moment, you picture that in your mind. The fourth internal mechanism is to read books or listen to audio programs on successfully losing weight or burning fat or generally changing behavior. Read books by people like Les Brown, by motivational speakers, by Charles Coves, that remind you of the need to keep internally reinforcing the ability of people to change and great stories about people who have changed their behavior. And the last internal support mechanism is to install systems, systems that help guide you in decision-making in the burning fat change program. Those systems, in simple terms, can include a sign on the fridge that says, am I hungry or am I thirsty? So when you think you're hungry, Often, you're going to have a glass of water and you're not hungry anymore. 
So there are other systems that you can put on your fridge, other systems you can install. You start to go, gosh, this is where I break down in my, in my disciplines. So I will put in place a system so that how I'm tempted to do things contrary to my game plan is not readily available. So, so these are the five internal support mechanisms, reading goals, celebrations, visualizations, books or CDs, and systems. Now, external support. How can you get external support in the burning fat process? I'll give you five examples of external support. Number one, you get an executive or personal coach. You get a trainer. You get somebody who helps you in the burning fat quest. An, ex an executive coach, a coach, can help you in your internal dialogue, can help you in identifying the behaviours that will get you the fastest result for a given effort. And one of the men who I'm a big fan of is Tim Ferriss, who is always looking for the easiest way to get the biggest outcome, the easiest way to achieve the change that you want. The second external support mechanism is to become part of a team. Join a team that each of its members want to burn fat. So you create a group. I've been competing in triathlons for 37 years because I train with three different groups of people for the three sports, swimming, cycling, running. By being part of those groups, it becomes pressure from outside to get up in the morning to turn up the training. The third external support mechanism is a requirement to report in. So you have to account to another person. So if you're on the burning fat exercise, then twice a week you would turn up to this other reporting entity, this other person, and or take a photo or do a video of standing on the scales and saying, okay, here's what my scales are showing me. The fourth external support mechanism is to enter a competition. And there are all sorts of competitions, ways that you can have a competition around burning fat, have a competition with somebody. And the fifth external support mechanism is to have an unreasonable friend. Engage with a friend who you agree, each of you, to be unreasonable to the other, to require you to do what you say you want to do, but the pain of doing what you want to do stops you from doing it. That's why we fail, because... The pleasure today is more empowering. The pleasure of not imposing discipline on yourself is more motivating, more a greater stimulus than the pain that you're going to have for failing to achieve your goal. And reasonable friends help each other to implement these changes of behaviour. Often as parents, we can be unreasonable and we help our children to change their behaviour. They're very upset with us, but then down the track, they're very grateful that you as a parent were, were an unreasonable friend. So to succeed in change, think stimuli plus support 
and install the internal and external support mechanisms to make sure that you succeed in the change process. And I'm here as a coach for you, either as a personal coach or an executive coach. If you really want to understand what I do, how I do the philosophy around that, please watch episode 177 last week or visit the website charlescovest.com. The video is there, the story is there about how I do this. This can be done very quickly and it's finding the right combination for your, for the lock for your mind to help you implement the behaviours that you want, the behaviours that will enable you to be the person who you want to be. For change to be successful, the starting point is for you to believe that it's possible and when you understand this framework of these two key strategies, it will increase your desire to adopt new ways to behave with confidence that because you've put the support mechanisms in place, you can succeed. Resources. Well, a song that I love, even though it's a, even though it's a feminist song, uh, for example, one of the things I don't want to change is drinking coffee. One of the songs that really inspires me about coming to the end of your tether and saying, finally, I will change is I Will Survive, the song by Gloria Gaynor. You know, the famous feminist song, go on now, walk out the door, just turn around now because you're not welcome anymore. Weren't you the one who tried to hurt me with goodbye? You think I'd crumble, you think I'd lay down and die. No, I will survive. Listen to that song, sing that song, go, yes, I'm now ready to get into this empowered state to say, I will change. I will survive if I change my behaviour. The book this week is by Tim Ferriss. As I said, I'm a big fan of Tim Ferriss because he's always looking for the easiest way to change to get a given outcome because there are there are hard ways to change and easier ways to change, effective ways to change. And the book is Tools of Titans. It's got the tactics, routines, and habits of billionaires, icons, and world-class performers. And there are great ways in this to find these support mechanisms, these insights into how to succeed in change. My health tip revolves around changing your sex life. And if you're not happy with your sex life, then I urge you to start doing some research. And In fact, I could do some coaching for you on that, some insights into how you would work out how do you get a more satisfying, more frequent sex life because the evidence shows that having a great sex life is crucially important to your mental, physical and spiritual health. And that's my definition of health. Health is the unique optimal balance for you of those elements, mental, physical, and spiritual. And making love of a great sex life is, is all of mental, physical, and spiritual. There's a lot of material available on it, and that's my idea for you to go, gosh, do you have to be stuck into your unsatisfactory sex life? No, you can change it. My spiritual tip is to meditate deeply on how much you want to change. You know, when you, we go, well, I want to change my behaviour, I'm not happy with me, good. Meditating and tapping into your passion for the change that you want 
will help drive the levels of stimuli so that sticking to the discipline, sticking to the processes that you know you should implement will be easier. My quote this week is by famous author Harriet Beecher Stowe. And it talks about, it talks about, you know, change. It talks about stickability. It goes like this, when you get into a tight place and everything goes against you till it seems as though you could not hang on a minute longer, never give up then, for it is just the place and time that the tide will turn. The essence of the message, never give up. Find another way to take the next step, the next step. Same with changing our behaviour. And then lastly, spot of humour, since we're talking about change, Tony Robbins, a wonderful educator on changing human behaviour, well, he does his long, lengthy three-day programs and one day he was doing this in New York, comes out at 2am in the morning, he's, he's tired, hungry, and there's a hot dog vendor with a sign, best hot dogs in New York, and Tony comes up and says, are you sure these are the best hot dogs? The guy says, Tony, because he recognised Tony, famous face, Tony, these are the best hot dogs. Only 10 bucks. So Tony hands over $20. The guy makes the hot dog, gives, gives it over to Tony. Tony has looked fantastic. And Tony's standing there waiting. And the guy says, what are you waiting for, Tony? And he says, my change. The hot dog vendor says, Tony, you among all people should know that all change comes from within. <laughs> so take the steps in today's big idea to identify how you want to change so that you live life on your terms and that through that contemplation process of how you want to change, you increase your level of self-awareness. My aim for the show is to provoke you, inspire you, motivate you to continue your development journey. And of course, learning and growing involves such change. Please visit my website, charlescoves.com. If you love this show, share it with your relatives, friends, work colleagues. At charlescoves.com, you'll find out about my coaching program. As I say, watch episode 177 if you haven't watched it before to get a deep idea of the executive coaching that I've successfully done and can successfully do to with a limited number of people one-on-one. -on -one. My books are available at my websites, covest.com, charlescovest.com. And now let's review a couple of key happenings during the week. My guest on TNT Radio, so I have a weekly show on the Mind Medicine program on tntradio.live. Every show I've done since January 2022 is recorded there. That's what that's the wonderful things about TNT Radio, that it also becomes a podcast. So if you miss a show, you can always go back and listen. This week, my guest is Shimon Yanovitz, who lives in Israel, who is physically experiencing what's happening in Israel at this troubled time. He's also a man who has some significant views on change, on health, has explored what's been happening to us over the last three or four years, a scientific mind, a great exploring mind. In Australia, there's been a big case going on with Brittany Higgins, and the observation I make that's been articulated in the Australian newspaper is the payout to Brittany Higgins for allegedly being raped, 
which was never proven by a guy called Bruce Lerman, 2.445 million in a total abrogation of all principles of law in how that money was calculated and given to her and two senators in the Australian government who were allegedly didn't do enough to stop it were not allowed to be part of the mediation conversation. Outrageous breach of all sorts of principle. What it shows you is that our politicians are becoming less and less caring about what you, dear public, think about anything. Same is happening in the UK, same in the US, same in Canada. We have to hold these politicians to account for their outrageous, unlawful behaviours. In New Zealand, a whistleblower came out about excess deaths, has been arrested. The government doesn't like this information coming out. Trust me, there's an extraordinary increase in deaths right around the world where those medical interventions were used. If you can't see it, then you are choosing to be blind. There's turbo, there's turbo illnesses coming up and people are dying suddenly left, right and centre. In fact, I got a meme yesterday that Julie showed me that some 46 soccer players have died suddenly, current soccer players, between June and November of 2023. That doesn't make you think about anything, does it? Think about it. Whistleblowers take a big risk. Barry Young in New Zealand taking a big risk to bring this matter to the attention of people. And now a, a person I know personally, Reiner Fulmick, a German US lawyer, has been nabbed by the German authorities. He's in a prison in Germany. His wife reports that he's not allowed to be given an extra sweater. He's treated badly, no books to read, no contact except for 30 minutes with his wife, Reiner Fulmick. We must stand in support of Reiner. He has stood up in support of our freedoms in terms of our health, in terms of pushing back against government overreach. He is being tortured in German prison now, and we must speak out against it. And lastly, while all these dramas are going on, I choose to be happy. That's what this program is about, remembering that you can be happy while you are doing what needs to be done to live life on your terms. Even when it's difficult, you can be happy. If you're new to the show, stick around for the foundational principles for the show. More background about me. Again, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. I wish you a week of passion of happiness, of embracing the challenges that you have in your life because we all have challenges and that you gain ever increasing wisdom about what you want and increasing wisdom about how to achieve the changes that you want in your life. Have a great week. See you next week. Bye. For viewers and listeners who want to know more about my background and what else I do with my life as well as the foundational principles of the show. Here we are. Since 1993 when I left my legal career, a career that I love to become Australasia's passion provocateur, 
I have inspired and provoked and educated and motivated people all over the world to discover and pursue their passion. I have helped people via the books that I've written, via speeches at conferences, via in-depth team building programs, workshops over one, two or three days or over three months, six months. And I've coached people of all ages, one-on-one from small, medium and large enterprises, government enterprises, helping them to identify the often tiny changes that can make a massive difference. One of my core principles is that freedom is what makes us truly human. That's why one of the greatest threats that government imposes on you to force you to observe its laws is the threat of imprisonment, the loss of your freedom. Just think about that. Government says, if you don't behave yourself, we're going to put you in jail. No, no, I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to lose my freedom. That's a reminder to you of why freedom is so important. Without freedom, you and I are not much different to animals. If you were locked up in a cage for the rest of your life, how, how different would you be to an animal? This commitment to fighting for freedoms for all people is carried out by me primarily through five channels. Number one, preserving the freedom to pursue your passion. Number two, inspiring you to be able to be free through excellent health. Number three, helping preserve freedom throughout the world through the expansion of industrial hemp, a magnificent agricultural crop, an almost miraculous crop that enables every community to thrive independently of government. In this way, the power of government to take away freedom is minimised. Number four, fighting for freedom through legal strategies. So I do work as a legal strategy consultant, as an interface between clients and their lawyers. And number five, as chairman of the Australian Institute of Comedy and as a board member of the Australian Cartoon Museum, fighting for the freedom of thought and speech through uncensored comedy and humour through avoiding political correctness in the comedic space. When you block freedom of speech, freedom of thought, that's the beginning of the end of your freedoms. The foundational principles for The Charles Covey Show are founded on the formula SA plus P equals S. Your self-awareness added to your passion will guarantee that you are successful. And the best definition of success I have found in life is that success is the progressive realisation of your worthy ideals. The progressive realisation of your worthy ideals. This show is also guided by Socrates' famous principle and quote, the unexamined life is not worth living. You can see I'm wearing my red jacket. I wear my red jacket for all my shows. Red is the colour of passion. So that when you see me on the YouTube version, It reminds you that when you see red in your life, you ask yourself the question, am I pursuing my passion? What am I passionate about? Am I still passionate about that? What might I newly be passionate about? Each week I explore one big idea that can change your life. And it's just one big idea because there's a chance you will remember it. If I give you too many ideas, then we we get confused and we don't do anything. 
Clarity leads to power. Confusion kills passion. Each week I share simple and practical resources that you've heard me describe in the earlier part of the show. A spiritual tip, a health tip, lyrics of a song, a book, a quote, and of course humour. This show is not politically correct. I have no intention of being politically correct. And I love certain addictions, including my addiction to great coffee. Mmm. My addiction to exercise, my addiction to reading, and my addiction to certain other unmentionable in public type behaviours. Who would know what they are? This show definitely subscribes to the view that we have a spiritual life. So if you don't like discussion of spirituality, this show is not for you. I promise you that I don't include anything in this show that I don't consider to be true and that I have not found to be useful in the work that I've done over the past 28 years, but also over the past 50 years in business, as a lawyer, as a consultant advisor. I only want to share stuff with you that is of value to you. Finally, if you have any questions or suggestions, please feel free to contact me at charles at Again, thanks for watching and listening to my show. Bye.